TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Smarts and Stripes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Smarts and Stripes. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I am joined by former WWE official Kevin Keenan. I'm just trying to figure out when you became the director of fun and games. <laughs> I uh, It's something I started saying a while ago on my hockey podcast, and I keep getting the two confused, so I just decided to combine my intros. Hey, man. Yeah. If it works for you, rock and roll, brother. I'm just going with one gimmick. I'm not switching it up for the different promotions. Hey. If it works for you and you're, and you're drawing money with it, brother, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to... We're going to do a little bit something different here this week. First time. Yeah, we have a post-game show for you in the direct aftermath of NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. What a good show. It was a good show. Uh, in turn, well, we'll get to the final grades and everything at the end, but that's we just finished watching uh, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, and I just uh, we're going to give you our immediate reaction to it. NXT UK TakeOver, well, NXT, not TakeOver, not TakeOver as a whole, but NXT UK as a product. Um, it's quickly becoming one of my one of my favorite products to watch in the industry. That's uh, you are still on your strike with the main roster, or uh, no, you're I'm starting I'm, to come off of it. I'm back. I'm uh, I haven't watched I haven't watched the show probably in two weeks, and that's not because I didn't want to, just because yeah. va- various things that are going on. Uh, no, but I'm I'm not fully on strike anymore. I'm okay. back. You know, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of pluses and uh, less minuses as far as the main roster Definitely. goes. Definitely. But while you were on your strike, you told me that you were really getting into NXT UK. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of feeding your uh, you know, feeding your, your need for some wrestling. Absolutely. And I was so excited for NXT UK when it started because I loved the uh, the two tournaments they did, the two, now you watched, the two specials. Now you uh, you were watching before prior. I told you about it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then I just, there's only so many hours in the day. Like, there's five hours of main roster. Foster TV, there's NXT regular. I mean, if one of the podcasts I listen to is, say, doing a SummerSlam 89 watch long, mm-hmm. there's three more hours dedicated to wrestling. So I had fallen off quite a bit. And when you told me you were getting back into it and you wanted to do something for the upcoming uh, takeover, I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Let me get back into this and really start to get into it. And. I've been really liking just the NXT UK uh, product overall, absolutely. The TV's really good uh, that you can find on the WWE Network. Of course, TakeOver Tonight was great, which also can be seen on the WWE Network. Of course, uh, NXT TakeOver Cardiff, or NXT UK TakeOver. That's going to take some getting used to. There's, it's too long. I yeah. Was, whether it's hashtag NXT UK TakeOver or add the Cardiff in there, it's too long. It's, Whatever it is. It's going to take some getting used to. Long. But WWE NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff from, <laughs> from the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales. Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness on the call. Yeah, Bill, get, why don't we take uh, take us through it? Yeah, let's get right into it. Let's start with the card. Uh, they open up with Noam Dar versus Travis Banks. And both you and I had said we're not huge on Dar to start. 
I just got to say, did, did you ever see the SNL ske- sketch with the midget from Game of Thrones? No. And he's in space pants, and he's singing like karaoke about space pants. No. Just, space, it's just this ridiculous bit. And every time I see Dar in his gear, that's what I think of. The midget <laughs> from Game of Thrones singing about space pants. I'm not going to turn this into a Noam Dar bashing session. I do think, uh, I do think he's very talented. However, for me... There is a major difference between 205 Live Noam Dar and NXT UK Noam Dar, and not for the better. I believe he, you know, I don't want to say lazier is the word, but I, I don't know what else to fill in there other than he looks lazier in WWE NXT UK than he does over on 205 Live. Um, the matches he was having on 205 Live were lights out, and I, I just see him being a step behind here in NXT UK. I will say, like, I've never been the biggest fan. I will say, I think both you and I think this match was a little too long, especially for an opener. For an opener, absolutely, yeah. You know, and I understand we're going to see this a lot here with NXT UK. You know, the British style is different, and that's the point of showcasing NXT UK is to show a different style of wrestling that's popular somewhere else in the world. But at the same time, I'm still of the belief, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I'm still of the belief that no matter what style of wrestling it is, you still have to build a card a certain way. Yeah. And for me, the opener is simply just to warm up the crowd, open up the show, get the crowd ready to rock and roll for the rest of the night. And, you know, this was just, this. it was too long for me. It was a lot of get your stuff in and not leaving anything else for the rest of the guys on the card. And, and look, I said, like I said before, I get it. I understand that we're showcasing a different style. But again, I'm going to say I'm still of the belief that you still have to build a card the same way, and no matter what the style. showcasing guys like most fans haven't seen. I'm going to guess that this TakeOver event is going to have way more viewers than the typical NXT UK episode. I would imagine. So if you're not familiar with Travis Banks, like, okay, this was your chance. I will say, like, again, not, not a huge fan of Dar, haven't really seen a ton of Banks. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I thought all the submissions looked really good. Sure. They weren't just grabbing a hold. They were actually stretching the guy. They actually, they, there was desperation in selling them. I thought, like, that kind of stuff was really good. And something I really liked about Dar, uh, he switched up the routines. It wasn't just, like, tackle, drop down, it's jump up. Like, it was, at one point, uh, Banks went for a leapfrog, and Dar stepped to the side. Took him down, just dropped my phone there. There you uh, go. Like step, just sidestepped the leapfrog, took him down, and turned it into an ankle lock. I was like, I've never seen that before. Look, just something a little different to switch up the routine. It's not to say their stuff wasn't crisp, but yeah. these guys aren't good or anything like that. If this match was third or fourth on the show, I might feel a little bit different about it. Uh, to your point, it was my first time seeing Banks. Uh, Travis Banks, first time seeing him. He has good gear. He's got a good look. He's good in the ring, but he needs a character. And that's that's going to be... That's an overall theme. That's going to be an ongoing theme here of the NXT UK roster in general. And I'll address you know each one of them as we go down the line. Yeah. For me, it was hard to tell who the babyface and who the heel was here. Uh, they were all doing such cool stuff. And just because, you know... Dar was telling the fans to shut up yeah. or, you know, doing a certain mannerism. That doesn't make him a heel. But nonetheless here, uh, first match of NXT UK TakeOver card of Noam Good. Dar yeah. over Traver, uh, Travis Banks. Uh, give it a B plus. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I would say maybe a little too long, but can't say anything they did was bad. Sure. You know, absolutely not going to bash it. Uh, move on now. Cesaro. Our boy, Cesaro, coming in from the main roster, giving the show a little bit of star power. 
and uh, he's taking on Ilya Dragunov. He uh, he did an interview with WWE.com earlier yeah. in the week, which uh, which which I saw on the WWE's Twitter. Uh, that he was on his way to NXT yeah, TakeOver. Yeah, you sent that over to us to be like, hey, Cesaro's going to be there. Yeah, uh, and he said he was going to get, uh, he was going to take a look at the show with a hands-on view, which turned into uh, him issuing an open challenge here to Ilya's Dragunov, which he made a, he, I didn't know a whole lot about uh, Dragunov going in here. It might have been my second time seeing him, but wow, by the end of it, Cesaro made a star here. Yes. And you know, it's funny. He made a star here, but you know, we you I brought this up to you, and, and you had agreed with me that it's it's night and day when a WWE main roster star walks in next to these guys. Like all Cesaro did pre-show was he did an interview with their backstage interviewer, whose name escapes me right now, and just simply by taking his sunglasses off, there's just something different about a WWE main roster Raw and SmackDown superstar. Yeah. And it's not like Cesaro is Seth Rollins. Like, right. not over to the... Like, I always say that he'd be my franchise player. I Cesaro's my A number one if there was, like, a fantasy draft. But just seeing the little, like, the presence he has walking to the ring, just in during introductions, just standing there, like, absolutely looks like one of these guys. You've been on these shows before. Yeah. You refereed one of the uh, that... Uh, indie show uh, I saw at Starland. Like, yeah. You see the difference, like, the guys you're just seeing for the first time and then, like, a Cody Rhodes or a Ryback or someone who just knows how to do the work you know, of being that top yeah, guy. Yeah, and, you know, so, like, we had me mentioned of it as we were watching it, Cesaro, very slow, methodical, yes. as he just walks to the He's ring. with Cyborg. Presence, you know, getting... Al Snow taught me a long time ago, back when I was in OVW, that the crowd is always three steps behind what you're doing. And I'm going to tell you what, what I mean by that in a second. And it's that the crowd needs time to adjust to what you did. And he always used the example of by the time Randy Orton walks down the, by, to the bottom of the ramp, they're still the fans are still on him stopping at the top of the ramp. Mm-hmm. By the time he gets into the ring, the fans are digesting him at the bottom of the ramp. By the time that he gets onto the second turnbuckle and does his pose, they're still gi- digesting him getting into the ring. That's what separated Cesaro from everybody else on the NXT UK roster, which again is going to be an ongoing theme because a lot of the stuff is just so quick, so fast. It's all great stuff, yeah. and it's that style that they work. But again, an ongoing theme here, among other things, is that if any of these guys have hopes of moving off the NXT UK roster over to one of the WWE main rosters, Raw or SmackDown, there's going to be a lot of adjustment that needs to be made. And the one guy who I do think fits that mold a little bit, it's fun, and we'll get to him when we get to, you know, he was in the main event, but... Walter's presence. Like, he's absolute a guy presence. who absolutely gets it, but as you said uh, before we started, he's one of these guys who just had no interest in leaving the United Kingdom. He didn't want to leave the United yeah. Kingdom, and we'll talk about Walter. And we'll talk about that when we get to Later it, yeah. on down the line. But, but yeah, this match, I, I really, again, love big Cesaro mark, but when you say made a star, made a star by telling a really good story. Great story. Dragunov comes out of the, right from the top, Hot. right right out of Jump Street. Huge boot to Cesaro. That's something you want to do here to try to story that to tell the story that you're trying to win and trying not to lose. Trying to win, huge part of Ag- just against a WWE superstar, somebody who's clearly out of his league. Yeah, and that's 
the if Cesaro is there, it's he's clearly punching down. You are very much the underdog when you're against the uh, WWE superstar. So you want to come out hot. You want to get that quick win because the victory actually matters. The win or the loss is going to matter in this guy's career. And to tell that story is huge. A fantastic flurry of moves from Dragunov. Uh, great amount of shine here for him as well, which makes it believable. You actually have... You, you're, you're looking and watching this match thinking... Cesaro might actually take the loss here. Yeah. It it's very very believable storytelling. Yeah, I really enjoyed it and then Cesaro of course gets a lot of his stuff in. A huge swing. The swing is fine. I how, like, many, how many seconds was that? That was really it long. It counted like 35 ah, seconds. That was awesome. Yeah, like I I just think the swing makes more sense when he take like when he started taking it into the sharpshooter. Like I really like that cuz it sets something up, but I have no idea how he isn't dizzy as hell after this. You could tell this one. It was a long one. He needed to go take a take a second in the corner. Well, he was able to take a break yeah. right after that because Dragunov turned the tide here with a move that I've never seen before. And I thought it w- the name is actually hilarious. This a, is great. A 6-1 line. We both popped for the name. 6-1 line. He goes, Fantastic. He goes into the ropes and does like the Mysterio spin, but then comes out with like a huge clothesline. Great stuff. 6-1 line. Me and you both popped for that. I fell out of my great. chair. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I was a big fan of it. Uh, he ends up a couple of real big uppercuts. I love those Cesaro uppercuts. Some really man. good false finishes here, yeah. and I'm not too sure about the referee's count on some of them. Some of them where there there was a couple he had the one where he like freeze framed the three i used to i used to do that every now and again i don't know if he kicked out you freeze framed it perfectly but it was but there was a lot of real good false finishes of course cesaro ends up getting the w after a big uh big neutralizer uppercut, uh, uppercut and then the neutralizer to win it um i was not blown away, but really impressed by this really match. Really impressed by this match uh, for somebody who's a relative unknown, and that's no disrespect to Ilya Dragunov. He hung with Cesaro. He Very hung, much so. He hung in there with a, a, a made main roster WWE superstar. And two things I really looked, liked about it. It looked like a fight. Like these two were trying to beat each other up and beat the other. And there's just, even though you have a main roster superstar, Cesaro can have any match anywhere with anybody. And I just thought it was a very non-WWE style. I don't know. I just got a different vibe from the style of the match. Well, that's NXT UK in general. That's NXT UK in general. One of the things that really kind of irked me about this, if there was anything, um, Cesaro coming back and shaking his hand. We both were like, yeah, uh, after uh, that kind of fight and everything, I get it because he's there to sure. like, and you see wanna, what it's about. You want to put him over and make yeah. him a little bit more, but you know what? Not for nothing. If I was dragging off, I would have glommed him right from behind yeah. and just turned heel and left him laying. No, we were both like one of them after the handshake because Cesaro comes out and sells it like he's going to do something else to him and then he just puts out his hand and they shake. We were both like someone should turn here because like, then you have you tell more of a story, like do something. And it would it would, it would have had to have been dragging off because Cesaro's already yeah. made. He's not going to – it means nothing if he turns on an unknown NXT UK guy. Like it's, it's not going to be seen – Worldwide, unless you watch the network, so it's really not going to mean anything. Yeah, 
but they could always replay it somewhere, like just to continue a story or just make a bigger star out of Dragonov. Because again, yeah, he absolutely held his own. They can replay that over. Cesaro. They yeah. can replay that over and over again. I give that a B plus as well. No, I, I was. I, I, really I might even go this. A minus on yeah, that. Actually, I really enjoyed this. I thought the pace was great. The length was just fine. I didn't. I I found no problems with this match whatsoever. All right. Until well, that until that end. Well, buckle your seatbelts. That's uh, the uh, NXT UK Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Match. Yeah. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews versus Gallus versus the champs of Grizzled Young Vets. Um, listen, this was a fun spot fest. That's all. Yeah. But if you were looking for any... The, at one point, the announcers had no idea who uh, was legal. Vic and Nigel had no idea at one point what was going on here today. For them, to, for them to say, well, who's legal? Like, I was, whoa, whoa, these, wait, um, what? These triple threat tag team matches where there's only two guys in the ring drive me nuts. It should either be elimination or three guys in the ring. I don't understand the psychology of these matches at all. They don't make sense to me. Wouldn't it just make more sense if all, one guy from each team was in the ring at all times? Why would you ta- tag out of this match? <laughs> Yeah, I'm at a loss for words for you. I, was a, I'm, I'm with you. There was like a fatal four-way type match of this years ago on Raw where obviously someone was just like, why wouldn't someone just tag in their partner and then they pin each other? The Outlaws did it and ran away with the titles. Like, they both got tagged. Oh, we're going to see Billy and we're going to see Road Dog fight. And one of them just slid under the other and they ran away with the titles. I always think, why don't you do that? Mark Andrews obviously in uh, And they were... I have, like, the athleticism in this match and all the guys in it, they all showed something. I'm, I just didn't understand the psychology of this match. Uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, the hometown boys, got a huge ovation. That's the story to tell here. Yes. That's the easy story to tell. Just wait. A lot of great stuff. If you, yeah, Like you said, if you're, looking, if you're looking for your spot fest of the show and looking for the cool flashy moves and all the near falls and, you know, everything that goes with those type of matches, man, this was... This was your match. For what it was, it was really, really good. Oh, that's if you're going to have a spot fest, make it good. And they absolutely did. A lot of really cool tandem moves. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets, I feel like they are um, like a bigger, stronger revival. Like they could have uh, like a good classic tag team sort of, uh, sort of run. Just as two guys who have great tandem moves, uh, a little bit more power than like a revival, but very believable. Mark Andrews and uh, Flash Morgan Webster, they could be like a Rockers-esque style. Like, are they going to beat up the biggest guys in the roster? No, but because of what they can do as a tandem, very believable as a tag team. Flash Morgan Webster is like the Welsh version of he's, Austin Powers. Oh, that's he's. I, I remember the first time I saw him, like I think on one of those original UK specials, like before NXT UK started, and they were just calling him the Mod Father. I was like, what the hell does this mean? They still call him that. Yeah, I was like, what the hell does this mean? And I was, oh, okay, this is like a subculture in the UK of people who are just, yeah, Austin Powers, like they just think it's the sixties. Like that's a that's a thing over there, I guess. The easy story to tell, the only story to tell, and only one way for this match to end being. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be the hometown guys going over in Webster and Andrews, and they took a while to get there. You and I were like, 
Okay, great finish. Wait, and then there were three more false finishes yeah. after it. Like, uh, that that was a, that's an ongoing thing in a and, lot of these matches tonight. In a lot of these matches, and it's very uh, it's very New Japan. It's very Ring of Honor to have the nonstop false finishes, and that's fine because it's, that's that's yeah, the style of wrestling the style that we're that showing. Going for, and it is different. It just. All right, let's go here. There were plenty of logical places to end it, but then they f- it did start to make me question because like we said, the only story you're really telling here is the hometown guys. Mm-hmm. Are they going to get to celebrate and as they have these logical endpoints, you do the the doubt does start to creep in. Oh man, are they really not going to go over? But then they finally do and it was a lot of fun. Uh for what it was, I enjoyed it. I can't say this was a technical masterpiece, but no, not by lots any, of cool stuff in here. Not by any stretch of the imagination a technical masterpiece, but a lot of fun nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely worth the time, I would say. This last man standing match. Oof. Uh, Joe Coffey versus Dave Mastiff. Brother Mastiff looks like the third member of Heavy Machinery. He's gigantic. He's, they look like twins. Yeah. Uh, what's the dude's name? Otis? Or Otis. Otis. Yeah, like, they, I honestly thought, leading up to this, as I'm catching up, like I thought he was just the dude from Heavy Machinery yeah. for a minute. Like, this was a... Uh, I'll tell you what I liked about it. It was different from a lot of uh, the last man standing matches in that just little things like using a cricket bat or a pool cue or a chain. It's not a kendo stick. Like it's different. Like it switches things up a little bit. To that point, you know, it was it was different in the sense of a minute into the match. They give you that oh shit moment. That was incredible. Uh, Mastiff shoots coffee into the buckle and the top rope breaks and. It gives you that sense of realism, and it's not. And it's one of those things that make you question: Was that supposed to happen, or was that an actual thing that they worked out earlier? You won't find two more cynical people than me and you when it comes to professional wrestling. And we're both like, we both stopped and like, we're like, "Whoa, hold chances on!" Chances are, it was a spot, but it does make you just go, "Hmm." It's entirely possible yeah, for that top rope to snap. <laughs> I've put those the, that exact ring. I've put them together. I know. I, I can tell you every in and out of that ring. It's entirely possible that that top rope can yeah, snap. I just thought, it's also very easy to make it snap yeah, if I wanted to make it snap too. I just too. thought leading up, like as they're doing the introductions, talking about how big these two are, how hard they're going to hit each other, the announcers make a point to say, oh, the entire arena's been reinforced. And then uh, in the first minute of the match, the ring breaks. I'm like, either that is the greatest coincidence ever or... All right, this is a spot, but it was cool and it was different. I will. I gotta give Vic Joseph credit. Uh, when they break out the cricket bat, he just throws out a Casey Jones "Eat Your Heart Out." I was like, <laughs> "Yes, yes, absolutely!" Give a me Ninja, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, uh, absolutely. Give me the Ninja Turtles reference. But I got a question for you. It's okay. a, it's a f- fairly uh, reasonable question. Who did Vic Joseph and Nigel piss off? <laughs> <laughs> because you know that old, you know that old uh, old line. No one puts baby in the corner. Well, they put them both in the corner <laughs> of this <laughs> arena, so far back that there's not a chance that if they bust this table, that they're going to be able to see the ring. Yeah. There's not 
a chance they're going to be able to reassemble. Like, they're not going to be able to get a crew to reassemble the thing. Coffee and Mastiff went on a safari just to get to the damn thing. As they're as they're clearing the table off of the monitors, I said, whoa, whoa hold on. They're so far back. They need those monitors. Yeah, if you break that monitor, I, we were joking. Like, if you break that monitor, these dudes are going to be watching the show on the network. No like kidding. The rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're they're, they're going to be sitting there on their phones calling spots. But uh, I really, I'll tell you, again, like the finish to this, uh, it's it's coffee kicking the table. Very creative they're, finish. They're, it's, the, it's a double down, and I hate, like, half of WWE's last man standing matches end in double downs. And I freaking hate it. Like, the whole idea of last man standing is finality, and here we go. Uh, there's not a clean finish. But this one was cool. Double down. They're both climbing up. Uh, Coffee gets to his feet and kicks out the road case from Loved under it. Mastiff right before he gets up. Very creative. And so he wins right there with one second to go. I thought that was just different and cool. These are matches we see all the time, and gimmick matches are what they are. Uh, we've seen a million of them. This is just a just change up the routine. Another thing of changing it up, giving you something a little bit different. What's your grade here? <sighs> Solid B. So, all right. Not, just because it was different. It wasn't what I was expecting. It, but it was believable. You yeah. had two guys that looked like they can really throw some lumber, just going in there, throwing some live rounds, you know, to, running at each other with chairs, tearing the building apart, not going to... It had a little bit of everything, which which made it for an entertaining yeah. match, along with a creative finish. Good story to tell here. Uh, I think I'm with you on the solid B. Solid B. Uh, the one spot where they both had the chairs and then, like had the standoff and ran at each other like bulls. Yeah. Entertaining. But I was like, what's the logic in this? Uh, but it was, I mean, it was I w- cool looking. I wouldn't do it, but, no. you know, I wouldn't do a lot of things. Yeah, no, they're two, like, 300-pound guys. It's entertaining. I was just like, I don't know about that spot. But the match as a whole, really cool, I thought. Uh, when you want to talk about throwing some live rounds, though, <laughs> the Woo! start of this women's championship match between Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray, uh... They were just kicking each other in the head. <laughs> well, look, there was. This is a really good story. This is probably the best told story of the show. And I hate to say because I think Tony Storm is such a superstar, but probably the worst executed match for the story was, they were trying to tell. Yeah, I, I, just because. First, I just feel like we tell in NXT or NXT UK or whatever. People, I feel like we tell the story of, we were friends on the indie circuit, and you've changed, and now we're going to fight. Like, I just feel like we do that all the time, and it works, it's fine, it makes sense. I just didn't, the match being underwhelming made the story more annoying to me. For my money, Tony Storm is the next breakout women's superstar. Okay. She is... Fantastic in the ring. She has a presence. She has cool gear. She looks like a star. Not to mention she's gorgeous. For if they ever wanted to bring her over to Raw or SmackDown, she would make an immediate impact. That's me basing it off of everything else that I've seen of her, other than this. And look, when you're doing live TV and you're doing live pay per view, like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into it. And I'm not say who's to say that they didn't have 15 minutes and 10 of it got cut, you know, because something ran long or whatever. And that brings up a whole other problem of, do they know what to cut out of a match Yeah, to still get your story over, to still get your, your character over and get the whole program over 
in that time frame when you have, you know, six minutes and two of them are worth of an entrance. Because this match, all I'm told, is probably about five minutes yeah, long. Yeah, it was not long. And, I like, we were both, like I said to you, and during this match, I was like, did I miss the middle of the, like, they're just kicking and slapping each other, and then all of a sudden they're both winded, we're getting, we're going home, like, it's the exhausted, let's fight, like, it's. A, I'm like, where did the middle of this match go? This was a short match, uh, not the match I was expecting, because there was a lot of hype behind this, and this... And look, we're gonna get we're gonna get to Walter here uh, and Tyler Bate here in a second, who went forty minutes in the main event. Like, come on, guys, you mean to tell me you couldn't have taken five minutes from that and given it to Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray and really allowed them to tell their story and get their program across and get this blow off gone? You know, short match, new champion. I do think it, it was the wrong time to change the title, Kaylee Ray over Tony Storm. I just think they need it more time. Unless Tony Storm is. Moving on, that you know, that could be the that case could, as that, well. That could be as well. Like it, when you look at Lacey Evans and look at her night and day in terms of polish. Like one, they've already brought up Lacey and put her in main events, and she wasn't ready. Tony could come up and be good, like you said. She, she, to, she could. I don't know. I don't know that. But it, even even if that's the case, yeah, I have no idea. Even just speculating, so, if that's the case, even so, um, it's even more important to give those two the time to properly tell their story. Okay. And tell their blow off and let and let Tony do the honors on the way out. Should that be the case? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? I don't know. Okay. I wanted to know, um, like the first match we both said seemed like it was running long. And that tag match was really long too. Do you think this match got cut? The Tony Storm match, do you believe it got cut on their way out? And they're just like, hey, you only have 10? Or... Do you think it's possible? Because it was underwhelming just to start. Do you think, like, have you ever gotten the call mid-match, yo, this isn't working, let's go home? Have no. you ever, like, in your earpiece gotten that message? No. Um, I've gotten time subtracted while I was in the ring. I've gotten finishes changed while I was in the ring. Um, I don't know if I've ever gotten time added. I'd have to really think about that. That's a rarity. I'd have to really think I about that. I just meant for but this match. Yeah, getting like, I don't know. Hey, this ain't working. Let's I've, go. Home. I've never gotten that. Okay. Um. But I don't. I. I don't think they would have done that. Okay. I, I don't think they would have done that. Chances are, it was just cut on their way. Like, hey, you, hey, look, you it might you had eighteen, and now you have ten. Yeah. Hey, look, it might not have been cut at all. Yeah, this could have just been what the match was supposed to be. And if it was, it's very underwhelming for yeah. two exceptional talents. Mm-hmm. The story didn't match the blow off for me. Um, both girls are very capable of doing so much more. And it was just so abrupt. Like, it just kind of ended. They had that uh, that Dory stretch into the ropes. Which was then, cool. Yeah, that was a really cool That was move. very cool. And then she comes back and just does it straight onto the mat. And you're like, all right, this is like a false finish or something. And it just ends. I guess, like... And they've done... they See, and that was that's the only... And we're going to get into this in a yeah. second. That was th- th- that problem there is the only problem I had with Walter and Tyler Bate in that the finish was less than some of the things they did in the middle of the match. Yeah, that should never be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, Tony and Kaylee Ray did a lot of cooler, bigger things. You know, just reverse the roles yeah. there. That could have been the finish, and you know, thrown that in. You know, that finish into the, in the middle of the match. Other than that. 
you know, it's that match was what it was. Yeah, I just you were so you were putting Tony Storm over so hard. I was really looking forward to this, and it was just kind of it was just kind of there. It was just kind of there. It was just another match, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and for the semi main, like disappointing, absolutely disappointing. Walter and Tyler Bate for the UK title. This was, uh, I mean, it was awesome. This story is a it very just, easy one to tell. Oh, it was, yeah, that's like one of my only notes for this match. Like, storytelling 101. Ah. Beginning of the match, Tyler is using his speed. He's you know, using uh, using Walter's strength against him. Staying away, landing his shots, uh, countering moves. But then, Walter gets his hands on him. Talk about a guy who doesn't have to do much. Like... His chops are like power bombs. Oh. <laughs> like, I wouldn't... He, if I'm that guy and I ever get into a barroom fight, I'm not punching anybody. I'm just chopping them. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would oh. never have to ball up a fist. My God. <laughs> when I look at Walter, he is like... Um, I picture any random dude that William Regal ever got into a bar fight with. Like, that's what I like. <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, man, we're fucking drinking, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting hooked. Like, that's who I picture is Walter. Like, out with the boys and the guy who thinks and knows he can beat up everybody. That's Walter. Well, you're just an idiot if you try to test this guy. Oh, no, yeah, that's That's, that's, that's stupid. just stupidity. That's like... But the, uh, the big man, little man aspect here, like we were saying, very easy uh, story to tell. They did a lot of good stuff in the beginning uh, to really get that story established. including Building up to all the... Including Bate taking water off his feet with a big, like, Hogan-Andre, like, body yeah, slam. Like- they built up to being able to slam Walter like it was. That's exactly what they were doing. But it he was took, the Hogan-Andre story. He took the, cha- the champion off his feet, and that's big enough in and of itself. I'm not normally... A guy who would like a seven-footer to come off his feet, usually ever until you're you're really working on him to chomp him down and eventually get him off. But here it made the story. Like you said, basic wrestling one-on-one, the easiest story and most believable to tell. Yeah, and this was, I thought, very much um, like that spot being in the middle and not at the end, I thought was very much like uh, Rocky Four. When he just cuts Drago. Oh, yeah. He, hasn't, he still has 14 rounds to go to beat him, but you see he's vulnerable. And now you know it could possibly happen. Like, you look at Walter, they've established him now as the guy. All right, you hurt him. Now you know you can beat him because you were able to hurt him. So I, I just thought that was really well placed, even though I agree, most of the time, I don't want that spot until the end. Well, look, Tyler Bates' fun ran out. <laughs> Somewhat quickly after that, I mean, look, look, look. He had some huge moves though. The exploder or T-bone or off the apron or what, like that was incredible. That came that came a little bit that later much, on. Yeah, but uh, look, Walter is a man. He oh. is a big, big man. He does whatever he wants. Yes, the guy's unstoppable. He's unbeatable, and he had his way with Tyler Bate. What did turn the tide? To your point, uh, was Tyler Bate giving him that big desperation exploder? Uh, to the apron, to the floor, followed by some good flurries and explosiveness uh, from Tyler Bate. The storytelling here oh. is absolutely fantastic, with mixed in with today's modern style of wrestling. And th- that it was a perfect combination. Of- it is possible to do yeah. this. This match is Exhibit A that that is possible. Yeah. Nobody can ever tell me that you can't do storytelling in today's world of wrestling. 
that just no, showed you that you can. Perfect, like Tyler, because we, you know, what Tyler Bate is. Like, yes, he's got power moves, but the dude can fly. He can do pretty much anything in the ring. And then it's like he comes off the top. And Walter just swats him, and it's a huge spot. Like t- again, a guy who doesn't have to do a lot for it to be effective and meaningful. I, like all of it, like Tyler's. Oh man, he's making his flurry. He's doing the big comeback swat. Well, that's like, what I was going to say. Momentum you know, I, killed. I can't say a, I can't say enough about the psychology here. Oh. Bates go for a big move on the big man, and it's countered with force. It is so simple. Yeah. It is beyond simple. Uh, it was a joy to watch. Walter broke out a lion tamer. He did. I really thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. He broke out a lion tamer complete with the knee on the back yeah, of the, the neck. the knee on the back of the neck. This was not the walls of Jericho. It was very much a lion tamer. Now, look, as much as we're enjoying this... And it did drag. It dragged a bit to the it point just... where the fans are, are chanting stuff to just entertain themselves. They're losing interest. It's too long. It goes back to my point that we couldn't have given Tony Storm five more minutes to properly tell her story. If you cut five minutes out of this, it's perfect. You cut five minutes out of this, you're, you get your semi-main event, and this match is an A+. This match is already an A. The match would have been an A+. But they did manage to get the crowd back on track several times here, yes. which is impressive. And uh, it tells you how good these guys are and how believable the stuff they're doing actually and that's, is. And- that's what I really liked about the finish and building up to it was uh, Tyler is now just taking a beating. He's just taking a beating and gets hit with that big power bomb, kicks out at one, and now that was great. Yeah, so we, late in the match, yeah, just awesome, we're awesome spot. In. We're thirty-five minutes in or Easily. something at this point, and now all of a sudden the crowd is back in. The crowd's starting to peak again, and then you get the just clothesline from hell. It's over. Like as the crowds, like I enjoyed that. It was a little abrupt, but I liked that the crowd's starting to peak again. And oh man, Tyler's actually. This is what we're building to is the big comeback. And Walter just goes, "Nope, clothesline, the end." Yeah, this match was uh, this match was f- just fantastic. Old school NWA thirty minute style finish. It you know thirty minute finish type match. Again, like we like I, I pointed out already. The only thing I had the only problem I have with this match is that the finish was smaller than some of the stuff that they did elsewhere in the match. Yeah. But other than that, this was storytelling 101. Yeah, I thought, it, like, it fit the story. Yeah. Just that Walter, whatever he does is a finish. Like, if he wanted to end it with a chop, he could have. And he kicks out, like, Bate kicks out of the big splash that he beat Pete Dunn with. And so you have that little bit of story just going back to that, this entire feud. Like, like you said, this was just so well done. Another thing that I really, really enjoyed about this was the fact that Imperium didn't get involved and this British Strong Style guys didn't get involved. It was just two guys going out there, doing their deal. You know, it was, it was entertaining and believable enough that we didn't need the outside we didn't. Uh, yeah. We didn't need the outside interference story to add to it, uh, but we did see the rest of Imperium at the end really, uh, as the show signs off the air with yeah. Walter. And then uh, Dunn and Trent Seven come out to kind of just basically carry Bait out because he's like a corpse at, at this point. As he gets his sympathy he applause. Cra- yeah, he gets his. Oh, good try, man. Uh, one thing I was a little surprised by, though, I don't know. Just in my mind, like Pete Dunn. Trent Seven, the Imperium guys, Jordan Devlin. These are like kind of established dudes who weren't on the show. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley was on the pre-show. Cassius Ono was on the pre-show. I don't know. It felt like the card itself could have been more stacked, but 
they were telling stories. I get it. The TV leading up to it. This is what they were blowing off. Cool. I just thought that there could have been more on the card. Hmm. Like just more of the star power that is on the roster. Yeah, I don't but know. But the card was, I, I, was I, I enjoyed the show. I was okay with it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Imperium. Like I wanted. I wanted Dunn and I wanted Trent Seven against two other guys from Imperium. Then seeing Walter's entrance, I'm glad we didn't have Imperium before that because when you talk about presence, like we did, dude, he's a star. He has presence. He looks like somebody. He is somebody. Uh, he has all the tools to be a major player if they ever wanted to bring him to Raw or SmackDown. Imperium as a whole, as a faction, has all the tools to be a major player if they ever want to bring them to Raw or SmackDown. I forget where I saw it a week or two ago, but somebody mentioned about uh, an invasion-type angle of Imperium on NXT, I guess, United Ooh. States. I don't know if that's what you want to call yeah. it. Um, you know, where Imperium comes in and invades and the Undisputed Era is the is the ones from NXT. Who, I think you just booked war games. Who step up and, you know, who, who knows? Oh, uh, my God. But I'm here for it. Oh my, that War Games would be freaking incredible. We know they're doing it again with Survivor Series. I'd be all freaking about that. I'd be about it. That is all the time we have for you today on Smarks and Stripes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you didn't watch uh, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, go ahead and do it. It was a really fun show. Uh, My name is Bill Matz for Kevin Keenan. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.